All right, welcome to another episode of The Coach's Box. We have a special segment planned for you today. This is uh, a, a part of where sports intersects with culture. And so the, the world is just full of different type of, uh, of businesses from sports to corporate to nonprofits uh, to all of those things uh, that encompass the, the world of culture. Uh, and so we have a nice intersection point today with sports and culture. We have a very special guest with us today. Uh, his name is Brad Johnson. He's the group sales and service executive for the Miami Marlins. Brad, thank you so much for joining us today. James, thank you guys for having me on. And I, I really appreciate that, uh, that wonderful introduction. And uh, I can't wait to hopefully be able to answer your questions in a, in a good way for all the listeners and the viewers out there tonight. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll jump right into it. I, and so for those who aren't familiar with the world, the sports admin world and the world of sales uh, and service, what are your responsibilities? What are some of your deliverables as an executive of group sales? Well, you know, when I first got into the front office, I thought it was a sales job. But then I quickly realized when you're in groups, it's not a sales job. It's pretty much a hospitality job. And in some situations, a babysitting job. In some situations, it's a hype man job. Um, group sales, uh, it should not be the term. That shouldn't be uh, what it's called, even though that is what's on the business card. If you go to my website, you'll see my picture at marlins.com and it'll say, group and sales and service executive. But really what I do is I reach out to different parts of the community, uh, whether it's a church, whether it's a school, whether it's a university, um, an alumni group, a fraternity, anything that you guys can think of that involves 10 or more people where you are trying to showcase an experience for them, that's where we come in. And uh, that has been my goal the past year or two in the front office just going around and finding groups of people who want to do something at the ballpark that they had no idea that they could do. And when you're dealing with groups, you have to always remember, it's not about the stadium behind me. It's not about what's going on on the field. It's about what's going on outside of the field and around the field, because so many of our groups aren't there to watch a baseball game. They're there to interact and and, and commune and uh, congregate with their coworkers, their friends, their loved ones, their teammates, whoever that is, that's what they're to do. And in the meantime, there's a great game of Major League Baseball happening right next to you. So choose to do it. So we've done a couple of different ways. Um, we provide perks uh, such as uh, discounts uh, financially, uh, give them the opportunity to uh, be recognized, whether it's in the media or there itself in the ballpark. Uh, we do exclusive fan experiences. And James, if you've ever wondered, I watch these baseball games and I always see people throwing out the first pitch. How do, how do you get to do that? How do I get to throw out the first pitch? Well, you would go on Marlins.com, select groups, and we would be that people. We would be the department to help you throughout the first pitch. You ever wonder, man, how does, how do I get my son or my daughter to sing the national anthem? That's me again. How do I get my, 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 uh, my junior ROTC group to, to uh, be the color guard or, or say the Pledge of Allegiance or run out the manager's card or things of that nature? I want them to dance on top of the, uh, the dugout with Billy the Marlin and the seventh inning stretch. Or I want my cheerleading team to be able to do uh, what we call dance on the diamond. That's where we come in and that's those fan experiences. And then we also do other things such as celebrations. 
Uh, we're in a very diverse uh, city of Miami. So not only do we have things like uh, Cuban uh, uh, Heritage Night or Venezuelan Heritage Night or African-American Heritage Night or we'll do a Bahamian Heritage Night. Now that Jazz Chisholm's on the team, we've got a Bahamian there <laughs> and we'll do a Haitian Heritage Night. So those are some of the celebrations that we bring that are strictly for the group. Now, look, we may have 400 people for Bahamian Celebration Night. They're not necessarily there to watch a baseball game. They're there to have a good time, wave the flag around, see their friends and family have a great time at the ballpark with food and drinks, get on the field, do some of those fun, exciting things. And that's where we come in um, with the group's department. And last thing that we do is something I'm very proud of is we work with fundraising and nonprofit organizations. That's something that I hold very, very deep. Um, and what I like to do is you will catch me during the week uh, speaking to nonprofits. My son is on the spectrum. So he has autism uh, with ADHD and Asperger's. Mm -hmm. So what I will do is I'll go out to a lot of those different places and I will speak uh, to some of the board members, speak to some of the, the, the employees who are part of these nonprofits to just let them know that the Marlins do support them and then say, hey, listen, why don't we do a night, your nonprofit night, and we will sponsor it at the ballpark and we will give you back a portion from ticket proceeds to support your group. We'll put them down on the field, take a picture of them. Uh, one of the initiatives that we're doing this year is we're working with the University of Miami uh, to provide the very first safe space uh, in a major league stadium to where people who have uh, difficulties or kids with uh, any type of disabilities, adults or kids, come up to this suite. Don't leave the ballpark. If they're having a bad time, come up to the suite. It's totally a safe space. They have uh, rooms that are in uh, the Miami International Airport where there is one. My family is actually, uh, my wife and I have actually used that. <laughs> you know, we had a flight at five o'clock in the morning. Guess what? He may not be the right time to be sitting around a bunch of other passengers. So right. there's a space. There's also a space at the Miami Children's Museum. So we're on hold to do that. So like I said, it's not group and sales. It's providing for the community and providing that entertainment value for them. And I, I wouldn't want to be in any other department in the front office because it gives you that opportunity to be able to create a story for that group, whether it's remembering our first responders or supporting uh, our teachers or working for um, a group of, of uh, little leaguers who won their championship for the first time and you know, we get a chance to recognize them on the field. Uh, so uh, that's a slivet of what we do in our group's department. <laughs> that's outstanding work. A lot of community engagement, so many things that stretch outside of the stadium, uh, bringing people in, but also servicing people on the outside on behalf. That, that's awesome, awesome work, awesome work. I love the, the safe space ideas. Uh, and so looking forward to those being implemented. Yeah, and the great thing about it is Marlins Park, as you know, has grown. Uh, we were able to host for the first time the Super Bowl's opening night, which was a huge hit uh, in February. And now that the field is artificial surface instead of the natural grass, we can do a lot more things. So you'll be seeing concerts there. We'll have Monster Jam. FIU played the University of Miami, their football game. So 
that we have a lot of events that actually happen outside of baseball season that we're going to be bringing in. And one of the things that we want to be able to do is have that space open for all of those events. Mm-hmm. So it's not just during baseball season. So when you think of Marlins Park, you know that there is a place for you to come and be comfortable in. Excellent. Excellent. So that leads me to my next question is a lot of the things that you mentioned, uh, part of your job is bringing people in, getting groups involved in some capacity uh, with the team or, or within the space. And so COVID has presented a lot of obstacles, a lot of barriers for that. And uh, so many businesses have had to restructure and reimagine how they do, how they do things, be a little bit more innovative with, with their policies and procedures. Uh, so how have the Marlins adapted to COVID-19 and their daily operations? Well, in our daily operations, I want to start off first outside of the employees and what we've done uh, through the Marlins Impact and Marlins Foundation in the community. Uh, If you are in the Miami area and you watch any type of local news, you know that Marlins Park has been at the forefront of addressing the COVID situation in the community. And I have some numbers here that I just want to kind of show you what we're doing here in the community. As of uh, yesterday, Uh, we have actually distributed 829,000 meals to the the Miami community through our drive-through delivery service, which I have been a part of and volunteered many times uh, over over this time. Uh, We have conducted over 175,000 COVID-19 tests just at Marlins Park. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever driven by Marlins Park at any time during the day, uh, you will see that that is what's happening. That is what's going on. Um, we've we've actually uh, distributed 24,000 bottles of hand cleanser uh, that was sponsored by uh, Tito's Vodka. Actually, so when you see the hand uh, dispensaries, it's not the uh, it's not the the nips. <laughs> it's actually uh, hand uh, sanitizer. And then we've also uh, donated over 20,000 face coverings uh, that we've done uh, with. Uh, you know, for us uh, and, and for people to be able to to, to utilize. Um, some of the other things that we have done are uh, provided an opportunity for uh, our actual employees. So I have the ability, as many others, except for those in baseball operations, people who are actually on the field, uh, we work from home in a hybrid situation. So as, as you see, I'm working from my home office. Uh, if I do choose to go into the office, uh, uh, there is protocol that we follow on a daily basis as far as getting COVID testing at any time we are asked. Um, and then also we do a wellness questionnaire that we have to fill out two hours before uh, arriving at the ballpark. Once you get to the ballpark, uh, there is a temperature check taken. Uh, we have... Um, social distance and spacing. We used to get all eat together in a room. We no longer can do that. Uh, You have to wear a mask at all times while you're in your office. Uh, There are cleaning stations and hand sanitizing stations placed very, very conveniently all around the ballpark, including the the, the, uh, front office is of the ballpark. So um, I'm very happy to say that uh, we feel very comfortable with how we have adapted in the office and outside of the office with the protocols for traveling and and uh, just any type of socializing that you have as an employee. And uh, the HR department has gone over and beyond in providing any type of resources uh, that you may need to feel safe. 
that's a lot of steps, a lot of thinking I had to go to, to doing all that and a lot of people to, to accommodate within that process too. Uh, it's a lot, it's a lot, uh, you know, but it's, it's well worth it. It's well yeah. worth it. Yes. Yeah, so, so do you find yourself engaging a little bit more in uh, virtual fan experiences or virtual group experiences since you can't bring people in as much? So over the summer, we participated in about eight different virtual uh, group experiences from our heritage. We did African uh, American Heritage Celebration. We did what's called our Faith and Family Day, which is uh, something that I put on every year in the ballpark where we invite some of the churches uh, and uh, congregations, uh, Jewish Passover uh, at the park. Uh, we did first responders. So basically what you would do is you would log on to uh, a very large room where we would have a program uh, with Mike Biana, our the the voice of the Marlins. I love yeah. Mike B, and he would be our host. Uh, Kelly Sacco from Fox Sports News, uh, oh, excuse me, from Fox Sports uh, Florida, uh, was also uh, his host. Uh, Gabby came in a couple times and hosted. Billy the Marlin was there. Uh, so I had virtual first pitches uh, before mm -hmm. games. We had the virtual uh, uh, um, uh, um, start uh, national anthem, mm -hmm. uh, so it was a it was a fun time this summer. A lot of people had the opportunity to, to get to the baseball game. Uh, my son got a little bit of uh, airtime this season. Uh, he was uh, able to announce the starting lineup, and he got Sixto Sanchez. So I was very excited. Oh. <laughs> uh, so we we reach out to some of our youth baseball teams and have them read. Uh, the playoff cards, and then we play that on Fox Sports Florida. So from a virtual standpoint, it is our new norm. We actually will be incorporating some of that in the upcoming 2021 season as well. Awesome. That's absolutely amazing. Yeah. And going back to what you said about uh, being your, part of your job is looking at, you know, who's throwing out the first pitch and who's doing this and everything. You may see my name you know, float up there. So I'm just putting it out there. That's on my bucket list. Okay. I'd, I'd love to have you down. I'll, I'll even have Billy catch it for you. Yeah. Now, now Billy's going to have to come probably like six feet closer than the normal picture, picture but I get it to I really him. don't realize 90 feet is far away. And, and the, the good thing about this is we're not bad guys. We're not just going to embarrass you on national television. There's an area off to the side where you can get a little warm up and get some practice in uh, in the bullpen before you get out to uh, the big stage in front of all the big lights and the, and the fans. So That's good. <laughs> have a practice area. It's not just go embarrass yourself. If you're, but I do, I do have to tell you something. Every person that I sign up for uh, when they're doing the first pitch, I send them a video of hip hop uh, star 50 Cent yeah. when he through his and I say as long as you can do better than this guy we're good you're good to go <laughs> okay well I feel much more confident now <laughs> so you know go you know rewinding back a little bit so thinking about when you're growing up and you're, you're looking at what you would like to do as a career you know who or what inspired you to get into the sports admin field so um, I played sports uh, my whole life. Um, I don't know how far the Zoom can, can get, but there's a picture that always hangs in my office, and it's me um, having Ladanley and Tomlinson jump over me in the end zone. I was on the field the day he rushed for six touchdowns and over 400 yards against UTEP 
back in 1998, and I was I frequently go to YouTube to watch it to just just to remind myself how bad uh, that guy treated us, uh, <laughs> especially when he did his Hall of Fame speech. I always remember that. No, <laughs> but I, I say that to say this, you know, playing sports my whole life, I always said one day I'm going to have to stop. That was the day I realized that I'm probably going to have to stop. So <laughs> what am I going to do after I take this helmet off? And uh, one of the, the main focuses I always said was, how can I work in sports and not have to play. And then I read a book <laughs> called The Fab Five by Mitch Album. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it kind of highlighted what they went through, who was there in the front office, highlighted who Rob Palenka was, mm -hmm. how he was able to arise. And people, and Jalen said one day Rob Palenka is going to be the smartest man in the room in the NBA. And as we all know, 20 years later, uh, that is a hundred percent true. Absolutely. And uh, from there, I really enjoyed sports journalism. I went on to work for ESPN and the Boston Herald, um, and then uh, came down and worked for Fox Sports Florida. And about two years ago, I said, okay, um, it's that time. Let me go ahead and make that transition. Uh, Derek Jeter, one of my heroes, purchased the team. And I decided to make the transition to the front office uh, with a background of, of marketing uh, and and in business administration. It had always been uh, something in the back of my mind to work in sports in the front office. And it was an easy, easy transition, especially, like I said, in groups. It's not about selling tickets in groups. It's about finding a way to support uh, an organization. And so it was very easy. Now, I give 100% props to those in the membership sales department who are banging away trying to get people to, you know, uh, commit to 80 games. But for myself, yes. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm in the community. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's an awesome story. Is that, you know, the, the, well, I was, I was going to say LT, but depending on who you're talking to, they could think about Lawrence Taylor. Or, oh, no, it's Daniel Tomlinson. It's Daniel Tomlinson, right? <laughs> It's Italian Tomlinson, that running back. Yes, yeah, one of my favorite running backs uh, growing up watching watching play football. Uh, yes. You, you mentioned the Fab Five, and that's something that, that stuck out to me for a variety of reasons. Number one is because it's one of the stories I remember growing up watching college basketball. Uh, but it's an excellent example of the intersection of diversity in sports. Right. And, and uh, you, you know, from five freshmen, five black freshmen, in the starting lineup uh, with, with the swagger they came in with, with the, you know, the black shoes, the black socks, and just un unapologetically authentic themselves. Uh, and so that, that's something that not only permeates through players, but permeates through organizations. And we see a lot of organizations looking to make their spaces more inclusive uh, and, and rolling out a lot of diversity and inclusion efforts and initiatives. And so what are the Marlins doing in regards to uh, DE&I work uh, and, and efforts. Well, and, and before we jump into that segue, I do want to say something to the listeners. One of the big things about that Fab Five that a lot of people forget about, and I have to say this because if I don't, I'm not a true minor. Okay. One of the reasons I went to UTEP was because they were the original Fab Five. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know, I'll tell you a quick little story. They were the original team 
back in the 60s to start all five black players wow. who went on to win the national championship against the University of Kentucky and Coach Rupp. And a lot of people forget about that because it was 40 years before, but there was an actual team in, I think it was 1968, that they were able to do that. And uh, most of them have passed on, but if you get a chance, there's a movie that all of you young millennials can watch and Generation Alphas and Generation Zs. I don't know, I'm 41, so I don't know where that fall into that. <laughs> but all of, all of you younger people, please rent a movie called Glory Road and you can see exactly what my school, UTEP, was actually called Texas Western back then. But you can see what that really meant. And, and for the Fab Five to be able to go back and do that in an area of media where it actually can be seen and shown, uh, it's amazing. But just I, I, couldn't, I couldn't go any further without giving my school a little bit of props. So. There you go. <laughs> yes. That was a great movie, by the way. Great movie. I great movie. And, and, and it was, it's amazing. When I was uh, a freshman at UTEP, I got to meet Don Haskins. It was his last year. He retired in 1997, 98. So I went to some games. I got to meet the man himself uh, a couple of times, just shooting around in the gym. So I got a chance to, to, to see living history. But uh, please, if you get a chance, go out and watch that movie because it, it will uh, open your eyes about exactly what the Fab Five. Uh, there, there is no Fab Five uh, without without the minors basketball so um so back to diversity and conclusion uh you know i'm very proud of what the marlins have done this year we started the diversity and inclusion and belonging team we call it dibs uh i am a part of dibs i'm one of the 16 members and um you know we came together uh when a lot of the unrest was happening earlier this summer and we wanted to show them just you know, our uniqueness, uh, dispel some of the stereotypes. Uh, we just want to, you know, have that commitment to, to grow together, be leaders in our own departments, have safe spaces with honest conversations, and just be active listeners. Look, not everyone will have the same political beliefs, same religious beliefs, same, you know, but our job is just on a daily basis to contribute and, and have that available. So the policies we put in place we have made that uh, uh, readily available through um, emails, through uh, uh, weekly meetings that we have, uh, communications, uh, check-ins. Um, one of the initiatives that we were really proud of this year was our uh, Join the Vote. And um, I was going to see if I had that available, but I don't. I was going to show you something that we made up. But... This year, we went out to the community and registered citizens uh, to vote for their first time in uh, some of the other communities around, uh, like Liberty City, uh, like Overtown, and uh, some of the other surrounding areas. Uh, I was part of what we called Feed the Polls, which I will never forget because there were only four of us in the kitchen. Everyone wanted to go out and hand out the food, but someone had to stand back in the kitchen and right. box those 6,000 meals that we put oh. together. <laughs> and so it was me and about three other guys who, and you know, for eight hours. And, and let me make a quick point about that. There's a gentleman by the name of Adam Jones, who is our CFO. He is about as big time as it gets. He was named, you know, top 40 under 40 in Forbes. He is the brains of our organization. 
that man stood right next to me in the kitchen for eight hours and wow. helped buy food. And then as we put him in the truck, he drove him and, and dropped him off and came back. So to have that type of leadership be able to dive in and do things like that means a lot as far as him supporting our dibs team because that was an initiative that the dibs team felt that we needed to go out uh to let people know this could be your one and only time to vote and here's your chance and also for coming to these polling places we're going to feed you as well so that was something that we were very proud of now uh this is the first time we've had a dibs team for the marlins so not much of a history yet (laughs) but those are the type of things that we're doing to be able to grow that history and grow this team and um, I'm very proud to be one of the inaugural members on the Dibs Committee. And I look forward to uh, what we can do in 2021 as well. Yes, yes. And I mean, part of that, you know, there are some fruits to the labor already. You, you stated that and also looking at the hiring of your new uh, GM. Uh, yes, that was a huge move for the Marlins. So it was. And, you know, with Kim Ng being brought in, you know, you have to just commend them because what happens is, if I'm not mistaken, and we've done a little bit of, of some of the research, but she is going to be the first woman hired to be the GM for any of professional sports men's team in the North American major leagues. Uh, it, it's huge. Mm-hmm. And um, Michael Hill, who was the past GM, had been with us 17, 18 years, loved Mike to death. We uh, spent a lot of time in elementary school passing kids' books back and forth, reading books together. I can't wait. Uh, to work with Kim. Uh, you know, she's been in MLB for 30 years, working with the so- uh, the White Sox, the Yankees, the Dodgers, just been an integral part of baseball's fabric. Um, you know, and she's Jeter's friend, let's be honest. <laughs> Anytime you're friends with Derek Jeter, you're going to have an opportunity to sit at the table. Yeah. Um, so, but one of the things that she's already done is she has started to work with uh, our youth baseball groups, uh, knowing the type of community that we're in, she's ju- she's jumped in head first uh, with the COVID operations, allowing uh, the COVID uh, testing and support to continue and even grow it even more. So for her to be able to come in, um, it's it's huge. Not just as a woman, but also as an Asian uh, person. It's just it it means so much to baseball. Um, Major League Baseball has traditionally not been for minorities. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Hill, of course, uh, moving away from the Marlins, only left one black executive in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. But I feel very good about the Marlins. Let me say this. We have a black owner, the only one uh, in baseball, a majority. And I know that may, we'll have to look at the numbers now that Mr. Half a Billion Dollar Quarterback Man has purchased a portion of the Royals. And of course, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, when I say yes. that, shout out to, 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 to Patty. Yes. And, um, you know, but we'll, we'll see, I don't know where he ranks on that, but Derek Jeter, of course, being the first to be able to do that. Uh, Magic Johnson working uh, behind the scenes as well with the Dodgers. Uh, so we are starting to see a couple of, of the African-American uh, experience being able to be placed at the ownership level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, shout out to Michael Jordan as well. Um, I've got, you know, Kobe behind me, always rest in peace. I'm sure he would have been headed that way, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Freshman. if not for 2020. Um, so th- those are, those are starting to happen. What we need to do 
uh, as executives in, in the sports world like myself is we have to be able to show our faces to the community to say, hey, this can be done. I love that the Marlins have a vice president of sales uh, who is a black man, Andre Luck. We've got uh, one, two, uh, we've got two directors who are men of color, uh, a black man who I know. I myself am there. We hired the first um, African-American woman to head our, um, it's, it's our, our, our chamber and uh, convention uh, department. So we are working with the tourism department. We've never had that before. And Vanessa Sheffield, uh, she's an African-American woman who's also going to be heading that. So I don't know too many teams who have people of color who are in these positions. So uh, the Marlins, I would like to see that model, you know, transfigured across the league. And hopefully as time goes by, they can look back and say, wow, look what the Marlins did. Look how they were able to be successful on and off the field uh, with such a diverse uh, group of, of players and front office staff. So that's what we're hoping for here. Yes, absolutely. And, and congratulations again for all, all, all that progress and, and way to take the lead on that, on those things. Well, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yes, the Marlins are definitely a great example uh, of, of equity and inclusion and just, just setting the example. And I think, you know, going back to what you were talking about, having a CEO standing next to you in the kitchen and <laughs> cooking the yeah. food, you know, it's, it's literally about, we are truly a team here. Uh, right. and, you know, we truly have each other's best interests at heart and our community's best interest. Yeah. And, and, you know, I couldn't see myself. I've worked in and around professional teams for 20 something years, uh, living in new England for 12 years and working there uh, with the Red Sox and the Patriots and the Celtics and the Bruins uh, even, um, the lacrosse team up there, the Cannons and the Revolution did some time working with the craft sports group for those guys. I've never seen a, a family-like atmosphere that I've seen with the Marlins. And I mean, I'm talking about teams uh, up in New England who've been there. These are staple teams who are a hundred years old. Um, and what I see here from a team that's barely 30 years old is amazing. Yes, for sure. For sure. And that, that leads me to, you know, my, my last question is that, you know, each team, you know, can do their own thing uh, in the DEI space uh, and, and, and be leaders in that. But also Major League Baseball as a whole took, took a huge step this week. Uh, when you think of uh, the integration of Negro League players and achievements into MLB history uh, and not having it separate. So, you know, as, as a man of color, as a black man, what are your personal thoughts? What does that mean to you? So, you know, I look at it as two ways, um, you know, and this has nothing to do with being a Marlins employee. This is everything to do with being a black man and growing up and at, at my age, uh, you know, my grandmother, she's still alive, but she's 98 years old. Um, you know, her parents were slaves and I'm going to keep it real. And they were. And so to be able to see what this country has has gone through these are things that just happened 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Uh, my parents went through segregation. They weren't allowed to go to school their whole lives with non-other black people because my parents are in their mid 70s. So they didn't get that and they're from Texas. So by the time they were done with school, they never went to school with white people. Now, here I am being able to work alongside anyone and everyone, everything that is uh, that, that anyone else has, I can have. 
that's just my generation. I'm the first generation in my family to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. So I grew up knowing about uh, Negro League everything, not just baseball, but basketball, but football, but soccer, but track, but libraries, but drinking fountains, but buses, Mm -hmm. but everything. So I, as a black man, didn't look at it as a sports thing. I looked at it as more as a social thing. Mm. Like we finally have the opportunity to not just vote, but own homes. Baseball is, let's be very clear, it's sports. It's not life. It's not life. It's, mm. it's fun. It is a game. Mm. But as a, as a black man, when I'm able to see the ability for equal treatment across the board, I'm happy. And sports is just an afterthought to me. Mm. I'm just, you know, that's great. But I am more interested in what's happening when I wake up and leave my house than, you know, what's happening on the field. I'm I'm more interested in how can I better my son's life? How can I better uh, my parents' life as they get older? You know, the people around me in my community more as are you going to say Josh Gibson hit 900 home runs versus the 138 that that the Negro Leagues recorded? Because that's what it comes down to. What is really important to you? Now, should MLB, do I applaud them? Sure, I'll applaud them. But what I'm really saying again is, should it have taken this long? Is it because of what happened with George Floyd? Is it because of what happened with some of the protests this summer? Is it because of what happened with the political unrest that we had uh, for uh, the voting uh, 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 initiatives and things that happened this year? Probably. We had a Black Lives Matter hanging in center field all year at Marlins Park. Right. Probably. Now, I, I, I and, and I say this and say this, I don't get too happy about it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But that's not changing the important fact of what's going on outside of the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Because what I really believe, and if, if you haven't got a chance to, Howard uh, Bryant wrote a very great article, I, I thought a, a really good article uh, about this, uh, just noting that even though they're still allowing those records, they'll never work because for the simple matter, they weren't allowed to keep those records. They Mm -hmm. didn't respect those records. So yes, you can say that we came in, but in the end, it's just gonna be an asterisk, just like all of 2020 is anyway. (laughs) And and I almost wish they would have done it in 2021. I don't want any part of that. But, but yes, it's, it's almost, you know, it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword. Yes, you're happy, but it's almost like I'm tired of hearing such and such became the first black person to do this mm-hmm. because it's sad that that's where we're at at 2020 that you have to say that. I wish you didn't, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I'm happy that, you know, um, the commissioner's office and Rob Manfred went ahead and made that step. That's a great thing. Um, do I believe that Josh Gibson hit 900 home runs? 100%. Do I believe that some of those games were considered exhibition games versus uh, real recorded games? It doesn't matter because they weren't considered real games at either level. Right. So, yes, I do believe Josh Gibson is the home run leader. Barry Bonds might get mad, but I do <laughs> believe he's the home run leader right now. So. I, it, it does it, it does bring some satisfaction, but it's a veiled and controlled satisfaction. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, there, there's so, so many layers to that. As you, as you 
uh, describe. You think even with the integration, you're still not getting the complete picture uh, because the treatment of those players stayed the same. You know, that doesn't change the way that they were treated. It just may change the way that we recognize them and giving them, their, you know, uh, due praise that unfortunately they, you know, most of them, you know, didn't live to see, to see that. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. I, absolutely. I totally get that. Uh, and so, I mean, it's, it's great to see, you know, different initiatives going on that companies are doing. Uh, and it's, it's, it's about sustainability. Uh, it's about empathy. Uh, you know, empathy is one of the thing, the few things that we can do as humans that centers another individual outside of ourselves, you know, centers a community outside of ourselves. And, and so I think we've spent so long taking the sympathetic route and saying, oh, I'm sorry people are going through that. Or that that's really sucks that you're, that people are going through that. Empathy is the one that centers another person and also requires some type of action, some type of consistent, authentic, uh, intentional uh, uh, action. And so, you know, once again, glad that the Marlins you know, are doing so many things within that space. You know, it's funny, if you go on LinkedIn, the hottest role right now is the diversity and inclusion yes. uh, officer at all these major corporations. So oh, yeah. if any of you listeners are looking to get into executive leadership, that's a role right now that is being yeah. looked for and ready to be filled. <laughs> it is. It is. There's at a, all, a not just in sports teams, at every company. <laughs> Across the board, absolutely. Absolutely. People are looking for guidance to, 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 to better their company and better their communities. Yeah, so it's a yeah. way for us to plug in for sure, for sure. <laughs> Definitely yeah. is. Well, this was absolutely wonderful, Brad. Just thank you so much uh, for, for joining us today, for stepping into the coach's box. Uh, of course. All the contributions that you're doing on behalf of uh, you know, the, the Marlins. In uh, behalf of your community, I think it's, it's absolutely wonderful. It's something that we can all learn from, take away from, and hopefully imp implement in our own communities. Okay, I appreciate you for uh, having me on. And I tell you what, James, I'm not kidding. I will be hoping to have you throw out a ball for me for the 2021 20, season. I'm going to be holding you to that. Okay, sounds like a plan to me. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. And happy holidays to you as well. Yes, happy holidays to you and your family. Uh, and for our audience out there, I uh, appreciate you listening. This is the first installment of our For the Culture section. We'll have many more in months to come. Uh, so appreciate you listening. Uh, Brad, thanks again. And, I, and hopefully I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, James.